Are you a human being? Are you also a Browns fan? Well, if you said yes to both of those things, then there's a good chance you're probably a little tired of our local Cleveland Browns sports media. Same old thing, day after day, night after night. It's time to hang the cleats up. It's time to pass the torch. If you're looking for something fun, something fresh, something where four people literally smack themselves in the face over and over with hot take after hot take, then my boys at Down With The Browns is where you want to be. It's just good for your soul. Available on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitter. Getting down with the Browns. And welcome back to another episode of Down With The Browns, baby. Let's go, baby! Let's go. What is up, guys? Bro, not feeling? much. Not much. I'm feeling I'm feeling seven and three. I'm feeling sure. seven and three. For sure. The second time the Browns are seven and three to, through uh through ten games. Uh Jeez. you know, since since two thousand four. So so I'm I'm feeling great. I'm feeling fantastic. I'm feeling seven and three. You how, know how you feel about your boy DTR getting the W? I feel fantastic. You know, you, you know, I, I was I was so Kind of, uh, I wasn't sure what to think at first when when I found out that he was getting the start. But then I really thought about it, right? I mean, yeah. he had like 30 to 40 minutes notice when we were playing the Baltimore Ravens at home. Yeah. Right? And yeah, because sure. of the Sean Watson injury. So I'm like, Dorian Thompson Robinson has to get some. We haven't seen him with preparation it's, it's it's only fair it's only fair that we give him some time to, to, to prepare and there's a reason why we sent him i'm going to talk about this later in the pod right there's a reason yeah. why we sent josh dobbs away and uh-huh. we had dtr because of uh, and we can't decide to keep dtr and that was because of the preseason that he had right we all knew it all browns fans knew that we were excited about dtr in the preseason he was he was the best rookie by far in the preseason looked the best looked the most comfortable looked the most pro ready and you know it, it just 30 minutes of preparation, I, I mean, that's a tough task for any rookie quarterback. Any rookie quarterback, man. C.J. Stroud didn't look great in his first game in the NFL, and he had preparation. He knew he was a starter when he got drafted. So for it's sure. like, you know, it, it, it's it's not fair to judge DTR off that first game, but a lot of people were like, come on, man. this is We, we, we hyped up this guy. And, and, that, it, yeah. well, and I think we found throughout this game, Take away the wide receiver drops because DTR stats would have looked much better if we caught the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to dive into this. But at the same time, it's like, man, oh, man, you know, you see what the preparation does. And now you also give the other the other side of the flip coin where it's like, look, he played two of the best defenses in the NFL, top five defenses sure. in his first two starts. I mean, my goodness, can we see what he looks like versus a defense that's not very good? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he, he, so so it's just like – Let's take a deep breath. Uh, let's see what DTR can do. We're we're gonna unpack it all. You know, the Joe Flacco acquisition. Uh, you know, the Shaq Leonard being released by the Colts. Uh, the dub over the Steelers, and we're gonna highlight. Uh, you know, our our incoming game versus uh, uh in Denver uh, with a very hot Denver team. They won four straight, and Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson, eighty to ninety percent of Russell Wilson that we're used to seeing. So it's gonna be interesting. We have a lot to unpack here. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful game, not the best, mm-hmm. not the most beautiful game ever. But anytime it's a W, it's still beautiful. That's true. Thirteen to ten, held Pittsburgh to ten points. Little small hand pickets, picket, 
and George Pickens. Mm-hmm. Got Matt Canada fired. Mm-hmm. Dustin Hopkins with the last second kick. You know, can, can we? Okay, before we dig deeper into this game, can we just talk about how great Dustin Hopkins has been? Like, oh god, he's won. I can guarantee he's won us four games this year already. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And that's like, his third. Oh, that's his third game-winning field goal uh, of the season already. Well, he he yeah. pretty much won the 49ers game himself. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And then two clutch kicks against Pittsburgh, right? And you know, it's just like what that what this team needed. You know, we talked about it in the off season a little bit. Like we need a kicker. Like we need Cade York to be that kicker. He obviously wasn't in the preseason. And then we make that last second trade. Right before the season starts, to get Dustin Hopkins in the D Hop. We we all didn't want, but we needed. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He's been sensational, yep. and I think, uh, you know, Jake, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you speak on uh, 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 Dustin Hopkins first, and then and then I'll then I'll give my thoughts. Um, definitely a big pickup, like Christian was saying. Not to mention, you know, last year, going back to last year, how many times did we go for it on fourth down? when we were so mad that we shouldn't have went for it on fourth down, we should have kicked the field goal. But, you know, a uh, long-term spectrum of things, we can tell Stefanski didn't have any faith in Cade York uh, to make most of those kicks that now Dustin Hopkins can make with ease. Um, mm-hmm. And to think if you have Dustin Hopkins last year or a kicker last year that's consistent, you know, we could win at least four more games last year and we could win 11 and six or what have you, a better record. Um, but to your uh, point as well, making so many kicks, um, carrying the team on his back in certain instances when he's got to, and uh, part of the reason that, you know, we're seven and three as well. For sure. A hundred percent. And and this is going back to what we were saying last year about Dustin, uh, about what you were alluding to, Jake, uh, a little bit about we kept going forward on fourth down and, and we weren't taking the kicks. We weren't taking the field goals when they were there um, because the analytics, I mean, honestly, has shifted toward going forward on fourth down rather than kicking. But we have seen this year that if you kick those field goals, you put points up on the board and those points help. I mean, it sounds yeah. like rocket science. Who would have thought putting points up on the board helps? And what we're seeing with with Dustin Hopkins right now, he's attempted the most field goals in in the NFL right now at 29. He has 29 field goals attempt. Uh, Jason Myers of the Seattle Seahawks has 28. And then Will Lutz of Denver has 24. Dustin Hopkins has the the best field goal percentage right now um, of kickers who've kicked over, uh, attempted over 25 field goals. So, you know, we're we're talking about we're we're talking about 26 knockdown, 26 of them. Uh, You know, it, 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 it seems as though as a Browns fan. Every time Dustin Hopkins Hopkins goes out there to kick a field goal, we feel a little bit confident, right? I mean, there's a, probably a small smidgen of us who was like, oh, "Man, this can get this can get blocked. This can, you know, the ball can go left or whatever." I mean, he missed an extra point one time, so it's like, you know, it's not a sure thing, but it boy yep. is it close. He's made the yep. most field goals in the NFL right now at 26. So it's like it, we we he's attempted the most and made the most. So I think what we're seeing to your point, Jake, is like. We did a complete 180 where we didn't go for kicks, but now we have a confidence in a kicker uh, who, when we trot him out there, there's a good chance he's going to make the play. He's going to kick the ball through the uprights, and that's what we've been yeah. begging for. And the fact that we got him, now mm-hmm. watch this, the fact that we got him 
by kind of yeah. making a jump leap of faith and using the eye test and saying, hey, Cade York has got the yips. Cade York has got the yips. We gotta make it, we gotta make something happen. And we bring in Dustin Hopkins, who the Chargers let go because they had Cameron Dicker, and then we bring him in, and then he's going through confidence, just a clear mind. It was the yeah. best move. It, it, it was the best move and the most timely move you could possibly make. We gave Cade York every single opportunity mm-hmm. to get out of the funk that he was in. And as soon as the season came, and he was, I don't know what he was in his last preseason game, but it was like yeah. one for three or something crazy. We tried to let him kick. We sent him out there to kick. For sure. And he just could not get down. So yeah. this, J- Dustin Hopkins and Jim Schwartz, I tweeted it out earlier, the acquisitions of the offseason are the greatest offseason acquisitions that the Cleveland Browns ever had in its football history. Offseason. you we, yeah. And we got them both in the same offseason. I mean, these are the type of moves that show playoff that separate playoff teams from playoff people who are on the couch. Yes. As shout out to Tina Castle on 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 Twitter, uh, you know the the, the couch chronicles that separate yeah. playoff team for the people on the on the couch watching the playoffs. So this question right here, uh, Drew, he pretty much asked, "What's the field goal to uh, for the franchise record?" So I just looked it up. The most field goals ever made in a season for the Cleveland Browns. Was thirty in a season? And you said Dustin Hopkins is at twenty nine. He's at twenty six right now. He's at twenty six. He needs four. He needs four more, and we have seven more games. And we're you better believe where he's gonna get those four. Yeah, yeah. He just needs five to break it. Five to break it. Right, and and and, you know we've hadn't had a kicker like this since Phil Dawson, and it's like we we are so confident. No matter where we're at, we're so confident. So that's why you're going to see us win football games because instead, especially with a rookie quarterback, and that's something that goes under the radar a little bit. And, you know, when you are trying to get a game-winning drive or trying to put some points on the board or whatever, you don't have to drive the length of the field to get a touchdown. You don't have to drive the length of the field, you know, to to get a 20-yard field goal or whatever. You can just get to – you can just get to the like, like to get to a, a range for Dustin Hopkins is about fifty yards out, which we thought we he didn't have that strong of a leg, but it goes to show he's the best kicker from fifty plus fifty yards plus in the NFL right now. He's seven for seven. Yeah. He's yeah, seven for nice. seven. Yeah, I so mean, it's like, they're about to trot him out there for a sixty yarder against Baltimore there for a quick second. Exactly. We we it's crazy. In, in, in what world do we? Which, which I'm glad a lot of people were, were a little bit confused, but I'm glad they did that because, you know what I mean, in the NFL you can get a defensive pass interference, so switch P.J. Walker out there, yeah. throw a bomb, try to get a defensive pass interference, get the ball to one-yard line with zero seconds left. I understand yeah. that, right? But at the same yeah. time, it shows you the confidence they had in Dustin Hopkins going for a 60-yarder. So, yeah. man, oh, man, man, oh, man. But to go back to the, the Browns and Steelers game, what are some things that stood out to you guys um, I'll go with you, Jake. Start this oh. off. What was some things that stood out to you in this game that good or bad? If you want to go one for each or however you want to go about it, just what are some things that stood out to you in that game? Good. I will name the obvious. We stepped up when it mattered the most. Uh, the majority of the game, we had very little offensive production. We thought we were going to – at one point in the third quarter, I thought we were going to lose this game. Easily, and uh, we stepped up when it mattered the most. Of course, DTR completed four passes in a row on the game-winning drive. Um, so 
we stepped up when it mattered the most to me that's the good uh the bad we are going to have to step it up as far as offensive efficiency i think yeah. now too many's point uh dtr's two games were against uh two top 10 defenses um i think the ravens are a top five i don't think the steelers are a top five i think the steelers are six uh six on the nose but still two very good defenses and i think the offense is going to get better next week but it has to get better we can't just assume hey it'll get better they've got they've got to do some work this week um against denver it's not going to be just an easy um slide but those are my two takeaways what about you manny i mean i want to say so badly to every other fan base of a of a team that's not in the AFC North, I would love to say this is a traditional AFC North football game. This is exactly <laughs> this is exactly what we what we know what we know and love. This was not an AFC North football game. This was just a nasty football game. This was just disgusting. It was it was hard to watch. <laughs> it was hard to watch because you, you know it. You did have great defense, which is uh, uh, synonymous with AFC North football. Uh, but but it, it was just disgusting to see how many checkdowns we had. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. now for different reasons for both teams, it looked like at one point it was just mirror images of each other. It was nasty and it was it was downright awful. I mean, there was one sequence where there was a three and out, a bunch of checkdowns um, for the Steelers. And then Percy Harvin, their punter, punts it out and, and it, the ball goes out at the 50 yard line or something crazy like that. And then the same exact thing happens with with, with Cleveland on Cleveland's possession. And then uh, Corey Bohorquez kicks it out like the 45-yard line. It was just – it looked exactly – it was – when and I'm not – that's not to crack on the punters because they both had a fantastic game outside yeah. of those two back-to-back punts. They were well inside the 20. So – but it, 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 it looked exactly – uh, alike where it was just a nasty football game. It's just disgusting. And again, we were doing it because we had a rookie court, a rookie quarterback. We didn't want to open him up too much during the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. You know, the game plan was to get the ball out. The ball was coming out at an at a, at a, at a extremely high clip, 2.5 seconds. That's why Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt were barely, you know, rendered neutralized because, you know, you can't create pass pressure if the ball's coming out in 2.5 seconds. Um, yeah. On the flip coin for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett in an offense with now fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. You know they, they just couldn't get the ball. They they knew they knew they could they they had to get the ball on those screens and checkdowns, and they've been doing that all season. If you ask any Pittsburgh Steelers fan, that's why they've been singing the praises of Mike Thomas for finally pulling the plug on Matt Canada because they've been throwing checkdowns all year long, and they ran the ball once with Jalen Warren after he ran that big fifty yard run. Uh, for a touchdown, they ran the ball once with him after that, and that was in the third quarter. Once they yeah. ran the ball one more time. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. Like, I mean, honestly, other than that huge run, and well, the two big runs by uh, James Warren. Honestly, they really didn't have anything no. offensively. No, us. no, and that's the part that 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 made me the most upset. Sorry to interrupt you, Christian, but no, that's good. the part that made me the most upset is because. People are going to throw that play out there and throw that inflated stats and all this stuff. But then you look at that play and you're like, come on, you can't let that slip through. Not in mm-hmm. this game. When this game is just such a nasty game, you can't yeah. let a big play, one big play like that, be the determining factor of why you lose this football game. Because if we would have lost, we would have been screaming two things. We would have been screaming, why on earth was that not called a safety on Miles Garrett when he sat yeah. Kenny Pickett, right? Which was clearly yeah. a safety. I just wish the NFL yeah. would come out and say that. 
you know, post game. But and number two, we would have said we literally would have won the game if it wasn't for that one blown play. It yeah. reminds you a lot of last year. How many times last year did we get beat in a game with one blown pay, one blown coverage, or whatever? So yeah. it, 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 I was upset that that happened, but at the same time, congratulations, Jalen Warren. You got a big play. He's a stud. Yeah, I'm glad the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was happy. I was elated every single time I saw number 30, James War- uh, Jalen Warren, on the sidelines, and they decided to opt in uh, Najee Harris, number 22, and then have him out yeah. there uh, running certain plays because I knew it was just going to be minus one yards or a check down screen. So I was yeah. super happy, um, but they, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, overall, I just felt it was a nasty game, and there was uh, a lot of things that we can yeah. address. Yeah, two, two things that stood out to me in this game. Mm. One, the positive. Our defense is, like, legendary. Like, yes. I don't know if you guys are realizing the stats that they're putting up. I guess you guys have because, I mean, it's all over Twitter. Uh, but, I mean, the stats they're putting up, the like how much they're covering how quick they're getting to the quarterback when they need to and I, it it's still just getting new to me cuz i'm not used to the browns making clutch plays like they mm-hmm. have been like miles is just wreaking havoc and then we have other guys that are doing the same thing like okoronkwo nobody's giving him his his uh, roses he had five tackles for a loss plus a sack dude ate that yep. game yeah Darius yep. smith Balled out, had I think two tackles for a loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had several guys that made huge plays on that D line, not even counting the secondary. I mean, they were locked down the whole game. I mean, it also mm-hmm. helped that Pitt couldn't throw the football. Yeah, but I mean, they were just locked down everywhere. And yeah. this defense is just so good. And I think that if we can just get mediocre offense, like if we can just get top fifteen being number fifteen, mm-hmm. I think we can go deep into the playoffs. Absolutely, but, and that's all. And that's all you need. Yeah, go ahead, Christian. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. My bad. Uh, <coughs> but to bring up my second point, the mm-hmm. bad one, mm-hmm. DTR. I mean, he looked all right. I'm not. I'm not going to say he did bad. He looked mm-hmm. pretty good for a second start. Um, some of the passes. I mean, there were a lot of passes were real low when they were like ten yard, like ten or plus yards, like really low, yeah. like right at the ankles. Yeah. Um, a lot of low throws. A lot of just throwing behind the line, just waiting mm-hmm. too long to get to the check down and causing a lot of loss for yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, when he did put it on the money, I felt like we couldn't catch it. Like, David Njoku had, like, three or four drops, like, crucial drops. Crucial and drops. Could, and, like, we got to have people catching the ball. But I don't know if you guys saw that, but David Njoku, as soon as the game ended, he went home. He started working on his hands. Yeah. He's doing that machine. He's working. Yep, jug machine. Yeah, right on the drug machine, and and and, and, yeah, you need that. Go ahead, go ahead. My bad. Oh no, no, no. I, I, I'm just saying. I mean, like, and 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 sorry to interrupt, but uh, but again, I just, I just feel as though it's a, it's a mixture of the two, right? I mean, it's a mixture of uh, Dorian Thompson was was Thompson Robinson was 24 for 43, dropped back 43 times and threw the football, and you know, again, won the interception. We're talking about we're talking about a little bit thrown behind Amari Cooper. It is DTR's fault, right? I mean, it, yeah. it does hit Amari Cooper in the hands, uh, but it's a little bit behind him. And then you get the ball popped up in the air. How many interceptions have we seen like that this season from our quarterbacks? I think this is like yeah. a third or fourth one that's been batted in the air uh, and then knocked down. So it's not like it's not like any of our quarterbacks really are just yeah. not reading the defense 
or trying to squeeze the ball into a tight space and then it gets picked off. Um, yeah. That's the one slight positive. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a it's a you know it's a it's a tip ball off the helmet of a defensive player like Jamal Adams yeah. on the Seahawks game. It's a you know what I mean. It, it's a it's a it's kind of those crazy kind of interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, even Deshaun's interception in the beginning of the game, uh, the Steelers game the first time was Alex Highsmith. I mean, that was yeah. a bobbled interception. So the, the point I'm trying to make out is like. 24 for 43 passing. It's like a lot of those were drop passes, like you're saying. David Njoku was targeted 15 times, yeah. only caught the ball seven times. Uh, you know, Elijah Moore, I mean, he was amazing, right? I mean, if it wasn't for that that high throw as well, which Elijah Moore got his yeah. hands on, uh, but just just a little too hot because DTR has a strong mm-hmm. arm. Um, yeah. Look, DTR could do better. Mm-hmm. Our wide receivers can do better. And yeah. that's the okay. positive. But, yeah, but the thing is, is – Dave Njoku, he was like, you know, I've got to work on that. And he went home immediately after the game started working. And that's the dog mentality this team has, and I love it because that, they're not satisfied. Way. They just want a like a really close game against a bitter rival, moved up in the standings in the division, moved up in the conference, and now we're sitting at 7-3. and three. The AFC looks more wide open now than it ever has. Yes, I mean you've got Baltimore eight and three, Kansas City at seven and three, uh, Jacksonville at seven and three. I mean, there's every team in the top five have three losses. So yeah. one team lo- like if Baltimore loses Sunday and we win, we move up to that one spot. Yeah, and that's insane. And but going back to that point about David Njoku working. It shows that this team has no quit because in past time, people would have just been like, "Yeah, we just squeaked out a win. We we've got this," you know. Like, but no, they're not done. They're they're no, still hungry. No, they they no. know that this team is special, and they and don't matter who's at quarterback, who's at running back. This team does not have a quit in them, and I love it. And and this is and when people say you know the same old Browns, Browns are Brown, whatever the case may be. As a as a Browns fan, if you're if you're if you're because a lot of people who are listening listen to this podcast, some of them are Browns fans, some of them are not Browns fans, their family members or whatever. But like to to get you in the world of a Browns fan, we have not had a season like this because it feels like the overall aura around mm-hmm. this team is is different. Meaning that we're getting calls go our way this year. I mean, a lot of favorable calls. Only yeah. good teams get those calls. Uh, we made two huge acquisitions in the offseason, the Jim Schwartz defensive coordinator and and, and Dustin Hopkins, our kicker. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it went completely our way. Um, we're talking about close games going our way, and we're talking about these players, just like you're talking about David Njoku. You know, we know we're a good football team, so we're hearing zero complaints out of the locker room of the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my goodness. No players are doing some cryptic tweets. No players are talking about, hey, you know, uh, I wish I got the ball more or liking tweets uh, on the Internet or saying, you know, my phone got hacked, liking teams yeah. about the, the defense coordinator. And we're seeing Miles Garrett. I've been wanting this out of Miles Garrett as a Browns fan for a long time. We see T.J. Watt make crazy plays after crazy plays over there in Pittsburgh. I'm talking about interceptions, jumping the line. Like when the game's on the line, man, oh man, you know, TJ's coming hundred miles per hour, every single play. This feels different for miles Garrett. 
He is blocking field goals. He is making sack after sack after sack. All he needs is 1.4 sacks a game for the rest of the season to break the sack record. You know, he it's like with he's playing linebacker. Jim Schwartz got him at linebacker some plays. You know, he's doing crossover, no daddy videos, no, no Odell Beckham senior daddy yeah. videos. No, it, it, this this is what a good team is supposed to feel like. And it seems like some of us are slowly turning around. You know, there's still some Browns fans who are like, this is going to be the same old Browns. We're going to do something to mess it up. But a lot of people are changing their opinion about this team, even Browns fans, because it's like we're seven and three and our schedule is favorable. We had three different quarterbacks play this year and we're still winning football games. You need defense to win championships. And we're showing that it's Mm -hmm. like the whole thing. We've never had a situation like this since like the 80s. So if anyone has bad memory or is too young, this is what a good football team looks like. And if we had a healthy Deshaun Watson and if we had a healthy Nick Chubb, do you understand? We we might be nine and one right now. (laughs) We we might be nine and one. And I hate to say it, but my goodness. So you yeah, look, look. We we really might be a good football team next year if we're if we if those defense players are bought in and then they come back uh, yeah. next year. But before we go on and talk about DTR starting week twelve versus the Broncos, sounds like we got a little trivia by Jake from Stat Farm. Oh heck yeah! Uh, this is something I haven't been able to do in a while because I'm not able to be on the show. But this is going to be. Good little segment. Uh, of course, uh, again, I have to say this uh, question is not sponsored by State Farm. Uh, but as you guys know, moving on to next week, we play the Denver Broncos. And mm-hmm. the last time we beat Denver on the road was 2018 in Baker Mayfield's rookie season. Mm-hmm. The final score was 17 to 16. And ironically, Case Keenum was the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. So, question: Who made the game-winning tackle? You got it. You got it. Uh, that was that was ever, that was super quick. Yeah, that was a that was that really was, cool. I, I remember that game like the like it's just in my the back of my head because when we won that game, I really thought we were going to the playoffs, and I just remember <laughs> I was like, Jabril Peppers is the best safety of the league. Because, like, he yeah. had a monstrous game, man. Like, I mean, he had – I think he had, like, two sacks. Like, a, like I mean, he was everywhere that game. So, oh, for I, sure. I, I, I remember that game. Is he is, <laughs> yeah. is, Drew, is Drew Proper still with the Patriots? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. yeah. He's been pretty solid. I think they moved him to yeah. linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, and he, oddly he, enough – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. What were you going to say, Jake? Uh, oddly enough, you know, that win made us 6-7-1. Uh, and we thought we were like 13 or 14 and 0 because we just came off of 0 and 16 and we were actually starting yeah. to win a few games. Greg Williams was the um, uh, interim. interim head coach. We weren't supposed to win that game and we did. Um, yeah. Actually, I mean, you probably don't want to go back and watch the game because it's going to bring back some emotional memories. I did, and I saw Baker Mayfield making some crazy passes. Rashad Perriman was out there, and you're just like, if we had this offense right now, you know, <laughs> what could we be doing? But pass is a pass. Yeah. Pass is a pass. Well, yeah. you know, and, and, and quick, quick, just a quick, just a quick question because I see this. I don't know if I see this on Twitter because people want 
the the, the clicks or or is it a, a true thing that they think? And objectively speaking, I do want to ask the question for you know for two minutes. This is a quick answer. Um, what what would this what would this offense look like if we did have Baker Mayfield backing up Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield was in this situation right now? Like would this would this would this be would this be what people are thinking about and thinking that you know will be perfectly fine or is my memory serve me incorrectly because I, I just uh, remember. Yeah. I think I think we would be a little more, you know, the offense would probably have some more yardage. Mm-hmm. I think the turnovers would probably be about the same, but I think we would also score just a tad bit more. Like I think I think we'd yeah. have a few more like passing touchdowns outside. Right. right. That depends on which Baker you got. If you got the Baker from his rookie season or the playoff season, yeah. I mean, sky's the limit. If you got the Baker that was in the Freddie Kitchens year or the Baker in his last season with Cleveland, we could probably have a worse record for all we know. Yeah, so it's hard to true. tell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but t- no, Taylor, we're not we're not pouring anything out for Joe Burrow because oh. you guys just slandered us hardcore after Deshaun went down. We did not get anything for Nick Chubb, so no. Joey listen, B listen. I, I'm like I'm going to say I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because I know I know I know Bengals fans were coming at you know uh, Browns fans. Not all of the Bengals fans. I think that the the, the some of the the nicer Bengal fans obviously weren't coming at us for Deshaun. I mean, I feel like the overall um, feeling with Deshaun going out for the rest of the season across the NFL, across social media, was kind mm-hmm. of like dang because the Browns are good. Right. I mean, he was doing a little bit better. You could see him, you know, 14, 14 with that, with that completely blown up shoulder, throwing shoulder. Yeah. I was really upset that Joe Burrow hurt his wrists out for the season. I was really upset because I yeah. don't, I, because I don't, I, one, I don't want excuses. And two, maybe it's because I know we can beat Cincinnati Bengals with or without Joe Burrow. So maybe I'm yeah. like, I really felt for the Bengals fans. Because it's like, man, you know what I mean? I wanted them to kind of dig out of that hole in the beginning of the season and then make a historic rise. And then that League 17 game with the Browns versus the Bengals, you know, the Bengals had to beat the Browns to get, you know, to come back up that hill and get in the playoffs. And then we just would have beat them again. I would have loved that. Um, Taylor, I'll be honest. I wish I had a defense like Cleveland. That would be awesome. I, I could look, look, I mean, you guys have a really good defense as well. I mean, we're trying to do something that the Cincinnati Bengals did two years ago where you kind of make that rise out of mediocrity and try to make some noise in the NFL. And I think that that's yeah. what we're trying to do um, right now. Um, I mm-hmm. think a playoff berth would be just enough. I think that that would be suffice without our starting quarterback. I think that would be good. If the Browns yeah. go, if the Browns go to the second round of the playoffs without their starting quarterback and their starting oh, running gosh. back and their starting left tackle and their starting right tackle, can you just imagine how many good free agents are going to come to Cleveland? For so, yeah. oh my gosh, can you talk beautiful. about that for just one minute? I mean, so you're going to have people taking these like. Vet minimums. You're gonna have people that, like Julio Jones. That's what you need. We've been waiting for it. We've been waiting for the year where we where people don't take vet minimums to go to the Browns, not because of what we think we can do. It's gonna be what we know we 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 are, right? I mean, we're we're we had no Nick Chubb from week two, and we're mm-hmm. seven and three, our best player arguably on our team. And yeah. we're seven yeah. and three. 
And yeah. so we're plugging and chugging, you know, quarterbacks here and there. Now we got Joe Flacco. There's a potential uh, potential for us to start four uh, different quarterbacks this season and mm-hmm. win with four different quarterbacks. I mean, man, oh, man, people are going to mm-hmm. want to come here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And speaking of Deshaun being out and uh, starting having to start a different quarterback, they have named DTR as the starting quarterback for week 12 already mm-hmm. against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So I'll start this one. I think that DTR starting this week, I think he's going to have a lot better game against the Broncos because we will be able to run the ball. Against Pittsburgh, we did not run good at all, like at all. I think we had like 80 yards rushing or something like that. Like maybe not even Not a lot. We we didn't have a lot. And the Broncos have, I think, either the worst or the second worst run defense in the NFL. So – I feel like Stefanski's going to utilize the strength of this offense, which is running, yeah, and the lackluster of the Broncos' defense. So I think that mm. they will run a lot. I think DTR will probably have max twenty-five passes in this game. I think we're going to yeah. you're going to see a big game out of Jerome. You're going to see a big game out of Ford, and I think Pierre Strong's going to get a few carries. I agree. So I, th- I agree. Right. And I th- right. So I think yeah. DTR will have a better game. He'll probably put up about the same yardage, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe – okay, I'll, I'll go on a limb here. I'll say he'll have right at 200 or about 210. Two, 200 yeah. to 210 passing and a touchdown mm-hmm. pass. So I like it. How about you, Jake? Uh, I think uh, the uh, – yeah, just to hang off the co- coach as of you um, – we will probably uh, run the ball more. I think the playbook that or the play calls that we installed against Pitt would work perfectly fine against Denver. Don't mm-hmm. get uh, too risky. Play conservative. Just a couple dink and dunk passes here and there. Uh, run heavy um, and don't uh, rely too much on the passing game. I think DTR passed the ball 43 times this past week. Yeah. I don't see him, like you said, what would you, 25? Yeah, something along those lines. Max, somewhere in the high 20s. Um, If we can just keep control of the ball, um, have a high time of possession, um, we'll be fine. Uh, If Denver doesn't uh, have the ball that much, because that's been why they've won so many games, is because Russell Wilson has been Russell Wilson. And if you keep the ball out of his hands, then uh, that won't be as much of a problem for us. So, especially if we can get a couple of turnovers. Oh yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, 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 well, I'm so sorry. What was the question? Uh, <laughs> thoughts I on DTR. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought that's what the question was. Um, I, I just want to make sure it wasn't thoughts on like the overall game. But <sighs> I, I think that I think the DTR, like you're saying, is going to have the 25 pass attempts um, and kind of dial it back just a slight and try to give. Uh, DTR. I think Kevin Stefanski is going to try to give DTR the the most cleanest game plan he could possibly draw up for him on a defense that's not very good. Um, we're talking about uh, and another thing as well. Um, when we're when we're just talking about just just bad defenses, uh, the Broncos are up there. The Broncos are up there as 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 a as a really bad defense. I mean, we're I think they're like ninth or tenth in the league worst. In passing, they are the number one. They are the worst football team 
on defense when it comes to rushing. Um, so we're going to be running the ball a lot with yeah. Kareem Hunt, I do believe, and Pierre Strong. And you got to – sometimes the stats do tell the truth. Um, when mm-hmm. we were the worst defensive rushing team in the NFL, we were bad. People would just run all over us last year. Um, yep. You think about the Falcons game, um, you, you know, you think about the Patriots game, they just, they just ran the ball all over us and then we just yeah. kind of lied down. Um, so we're going to have to run the football. Um, it's going to be mile high. It's going to be, you know, the, the, the breathing is going to be a little bit of a problem up there. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe if we can we can out physical, uh, show some physicality. And I think Dorian Thompson Robinson, he might throw it a couple of times, you know, just to keep him honest. Maybe take a yeah. deep shot if Marquise Goodwin is healthy enough because he's questionable at the moment. But if he's help, healthy enough to play, maybe you can see a big yeah. play at a DTR, you know, a big <laughs> throw now and again, just to open up that run game a little bit. Um, Dewan Jones is back at the right tackle, so that's going to be very helpful as well. Yeah, um, I, I think you're just going to see a slow, methodical game. Do not turn the ball over. You're going to see Kevin Svansky try not his best not to get DTR, DTR to throw the turn the ball over. Um, no fumbles or anything because Russell Wilson, just like you said, Jake, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, they're a hot football team right now. They started yeah. out one and five. They were the laughing stock. They thought I, I, I don't know why I wasn't getting enough attention, attention, or maybe it was getting a lot of attention, and we're just Browns fans that we just hyper are fixated on the Browns and think that Deshaun uh-huh. Watson was the worst trade. But that trade with with Russell Wilson in Seattle, I th- we thought it was, the, I thought it was the worst thing ever, you know. But now they've won four straight, and they're five and five, and they can make some noise. Um, so don't turn the ball over. Do not give them more opportunities. Um, to to uh, to make plays. Yeah. So I just looked up the Broncos' defensive stats. Yep. Oh they yeah, I did too. Sixteen hundred rushing yards this season. Yeah, allowing five point five yards per carry. They've allowed eleven touchdowns. They, they and, and, and and Christian, one thousand six hundred yards allowed rushing, and the second most closest is thirteen eighty three. They've allowed 200, 200 more rushing yards. 14, 1486. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah, 1486. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yards. I'm sorry. I was looking at yards per game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah on 160. <laughs> and not only that, uh, to uh, my point earlier about time of possession, trying to uh, keep the ball out of their hands, uh, we lead the league in time of possession this year. We're first in the NFL in time of possession. Yeah. So that works in our favor big time, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, as as weird as it is, I think the rushing game as a unit has been the most full we've had in a while. Like, I mean, not like because Nick Chubb, I mean, he was our bell cow, but just an overall unit. We've not had that one, two, three punch like we have this year. Yeah. Like, I'm not yep. saying it's like a great punch, but it's like if Jerome Ford can't get it, we got Kareem. Kareem's going to get that. And then yeah. once Kareem, they start keying in on Kareem, we'll put in Jerome Ford and he'll do his thing. Like the yeah. Browns are our fourth right now in rushing yards in the league. And they've not had Nick Chubb since like the second quarter of the second game. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So very effective. Very effective. And I, and I think that you, you, you're looking at some of these – uh, some of the games that they've played uh, in Denver, and, and they've they've got some pretty good wins under their belt. Obviously, you, you played the mm-hmm. the Vikings, um, and you beat them in a close one. 
uh, last game. And and Kareem Jackson, safety for the Denver Broncos, a big piece of that defense is out, suspended again for helmeting targeting on Josh Dobbs. Uh, um, so you know he's going to be suspended. So that's a that's a key loss for them. Uh, but they have a key win versus you know the Vikings. Key wins, key win versus Buffalo. Um, nice, impressive win versus the Chiefs, twenty-four to nine, and then uh, beat the Packers, nineteen-seven. You know, in some of their other wins, is not that impressive. Um, you know, it, it's it's just Chicago, thirty-one to twenty-eight. So it's like you don't know what you're getting out of this Denver Broncos team. It's definitely yep. flip floppy game to game. Um, but you're this is an this is a, a great. I don't think this is a must win for the Browns. Obviously, they're seven and three, but this is a great win overall to have on your schedule no matter how you get it no matter what it is it's kind of like that Steelers game I don't care how you freaking win that football game please yeah, leave yeah. with a W because it's going to be yeah. your your whole week and your whole season is going to look much different with a win versus team I think those two wins are going to come against Denver um oh I mean have to come against Denver and Houston um you have to have wins versus those two teams because um, the way it's looking, we might not win the division. We don't know, but if we don't win the division and win the division, we have to have those head-to-heads versus Denver and versus Houston. Um, yeah, it, it, we we can lose in Jacksonville. I don't. I mean, I don't really care yeah. about that. I think Jacksonville is going to win their division anyway, so they're going to go to the playoffs. Uh, so it, it doesn't really matter. But you have to win uh, versus Denver, and you're going to have to beat um, the Houston Texans. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So right now I'm looking up the stats of the last four games because Drew made a good point there. Um, you got to look at the last four games because they are starting to get their crap together as a team. Like their defense has been key in, in a lot of things the last four games. So on the last four games, I'm just looking at rushing yards allowed. So they're to start this four-game winning streak against the Packers, they allowed 137 yards rushing. Right. Right. Against the Chiefs, they really keyed in on it. But the Chiefs are not a strong running team. I I don't think they are. I mean, right, stats might be yeah, right, right, right. But they allowed 62 yards. Against the Bills, they allowed 192. And then against the Vikings, they allowed 175. Mm. Mm. And, Right now, let's see what the Browns are averaging rushing because I'm not for sure. I want to say it's pretty solid, though, as a unit. I think we're ninth. We're ninth in rushing, first in passing, I think, right off the top of my head. But I've not looked at that. First in yeah. passing, ninth in rushing, I think. Gotcha. Let me, let me just – Let me know. Myself real quick. Let's find this. If I can find it. Great. All right, yeah, I can't find it, but per game, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I feel like an idiot right now. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not showing me stats. We'll find. So right now. I, I do want to say one quick thing while you're looking that up. Christian, is that okay? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, we're going to talk and highlight the Browns defense and what they yeah. need to do against this Denver Broncos offense. And I just want to say something crazy over this win streak uh, that the Denver Broncos have are currently on, right? They're on that four game win streak. Um, you know, it, it, the, 
the last four games for the Denver Broncos, they've played the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings. I think it revolves 100% around Russell Wilson. And the reason I'm saying that, we need to make him turn the ball over. Okay? The last time they lost, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 19-8. to Russell Wilson threw two interceptions. Since then, he's thrown seven touchdown passes, and he's thrown for over 600 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each of these games, he's not really going crazy when it comes to throwing the football. I mean, versus the Packers, he was 20 for 29, 194, and a touchdown. Versus the Chiefs, when they played him again the second time and beat him 24 mm-hmm. to 9, he was 12 for 19 passing, 114 yards, but three touchdown passes. So it's like, you know, the Bills, 24 for 29, 193 and two TDs. Uh, and the Vikings, he was 27 for 35, 259 and one touchdown. So he was kind of lighting them up there. But at the same time, no interceptions, no turnovers yeah. from Russell Wilson in those last four games. But guess what? Mm-hmm. This is the best defense that he's playing in those last four games. So That's we need to turn. we need to make him turn the ball over. Now they're going to be in Denver. So yeah. it's going to, it's going to, that's going to be a tough task because it's not at home, but if you can get an interception off of Russell Wilson, and that's where a lot of his, uh, you know, games that they've lost in the past have come from, uh, you, you, you know, that Dolphins game, I didn't think he threw an interception versus the Jets and versus the Jets when they lost that close one. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got to make Russell Wilson turn the ball over because he hasn't done it in four games. Yeah. So it's like, and, yeah. and they've been winning. And so it's when you're turning when you're playing turnover free football, that's great. But we're going in there with a rookie quarterback. We have got to make sure we do not give them any extra opportunities to be on offense and have them pick us apart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I just calculated it up. Um, I had to do the math myself. Mm-hmm. But it, from what I saw, we average 142 yards, 142.7 yards per game rushing. So I think we need to have a big game rushing. I think we need a Jerome Ford 100, 100 piece. I think we need one of them plus a tutty. But yeah. like you said, we, the defense, this is the best defense that the Broncos have played. Because, I, I, I mean, I'm yeah. going to be a little biased here. I, it might not even be biased anymore. I think we have the best defense in the league. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think. And, I don't, yeah. Yeah. And maybe a potential adding a piece in the linebacker room. Shaq Leonard, if he clears waivers, he's going to be a Brown. I don't care what anybody says. He's a Brown. He's you got think he, so. Yeah. Him and A Rock ah. are close, bro. It's like they're like Odell Beckham and Jarvis close. Yeah, they're very, they're Darius, very close. Darius Leonard went on Twitter when A Walk signed with the Browns two years ago, and he was like, "Cleveland, you got a good one." Da, 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 da. Like, I mean, like, was talking uh, about how great A Walk was, man. So I think if he clears waivers, I think he could take like a cheaper deal because I th- I think he's gonna clear waivers because nobody's gonna want to yeah. pay that big contract mid season. Yep, uh, and he and 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 we had a a great guy, uh, uh, uh not Jake Burns. Um, man, the 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 English guy that does the Duffin. Jack Duffin, Jack Duffin, Jack Duffin. Yeah, Jack, sorry, sorry, Jack. Great, great, great friend of the podcast on Twitter. And uh, you know, he 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 kind of said it out there that if he doesn't get claimed off waivers, he's going to be able to sign with the vet minimum. 
um, with any team in the NFL. And I think that you're going to look at your, you got to look at the Lions, right? You got to mm-hmm. look at the Eagles as a potential fit um, for them. Uh, the 49ers, just because they're greedy. Um, and yeah. they had some injuries, but, uh, but again, you got the Ravens out there and the chiefs, whatever. But if you look at the Cleveland Browns, if I'm Shaq Leonard, I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns and I'm saying, look, yeah, I, I have to sign a one year deal really quick, um, and sign with the team for seven more games. I have an opportunity to be with my boy, a walk, you know, you, you scroll through Shaq Leonard's Instagram page. He has a walk all over the place when they were playing together. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you alluded to Christian, he loves a walk is he gave a nice heartfelt tweet out when he went to the Cleveland Browns and signed there. And so, yeah. uh, you're going to have a lot of ability to get playing time. Mm-hmm. I know since his injury, um, in the Indianapolis, I mean, he has a little bit of a down year. That's what some Colts fans will tell you. And, um, so he wants some playing time. He's going to get playing time in Cleveland, um, with a walk out. And even with a walk coming back, um, you know, you, you have the opportunity to have them both together on the field. And make some plays, Shaq. I mean, you got that deep. You got that front four who's going to create pressure. You could drop back in coverage if you like. You can blitz as well and get some sacks and pad your stats and be a part of the, one of the greatest defenses um, since since the year two thousand, right? I mean, we're being compared to the Ravens when it comes to yards per game. So it's yeah. like you know that two thousand defense. So it's like why not do that? Be a part of something special. And then, yeah. you know, go get your money after in the offseason somewhere else. I think that this is a perfect opportunity. We won't overplay you so you won't get injured. Um, but you'll come back and make some splash plays. I think this is a great opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that the quarterback situation might make him pause for a second and maybe go to Baltimore, unfortunately. Um, maybe go to the Eagles because if you go to the Eagles, or you know, you're almost guaranteed a Super Bowl berth at this time. Yeah. It's insane. Um, the Detroit Lions just look good. They're like a team like us. They just look good to go to, right? But you don't know if they're yeah. going to make some noise in the playoffs. So I think he probably ends up signing with the Philadelphia Eagles or the 49ers or the Ravens. That's what's, Those are the three teams that I think he's really going to probably sign yeah. with. Yeah, for sure. It, but go, if, oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. If he decides to go back into the NFL this year, I would agree with Manny. I don't know that he will want to go back to the NFL this year mm. i think he particularly wanted to take time away now i could be wrong i hope i'm wrong i'm i'm with you guys i want him in cleveland but i think there was a reason specifically personally i don't know what that is but there's this reason he wanted to go away from the colts i don't know if it was just the colts because the colts still have a chance of making the playoffs technically technically yeah. I think it was wanting to take a break from football this year and then regroup in the 2024 season. That is my thinking, but I have no evidence of that. That's just a theory. It it sounds like a nice one. I mean, I I think that that's something that, uh, you know, he would, he would, you know, contemplate. I think that he's, uh, uh, what is he? Is he 28? I think he's 28 something like that yeah, yeah. i think he's 28 years old uh, uh so it's kind of like you're at that middle point of your career kind of you had some injuries yeah. um i would say he's in the later part of his career like a like a like a bobby wagner or something like that but it's like take 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 the season off you know what i mean heal up rest up go back i could see that happening i can see that happening um or you know you can kind of see him 
do that thing where he, he goes to a really good defense where, you know, he's just a yeah. part of a really good defense. And then everybody, you know, he's on prime time and, um, you know, he's at those high, which by the way, the Cleveland Browns have like three, four o'clock games. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we're heading into our, our prime time schedule, um, sort of sort of prime time schedule um, in the back half of the season. So, you know, I would like, to, I would like Shaq Leonard to be here. I would like Shaq Leonard to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and and you need that extra depth. You know, you can always use depth. That's it's, what we've yeah. paid on absolutely, on the off seasons having that depth. But uh going back to the Broncos game this uh Sunday at four oh five, what are some keys to success um that the Browns need to win this game? We'll start with you, hmm. Jake. Start with who? You or I Me. can go if 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 you yeah if you're trying to you go ahead Christian you okay. go ahead I'm gonna keep it pretty much the same as last week pretty simple win the turnover battle win the time of possession and keep the ball out quick like just yes. get it out yeah so those are my three little little keys to success to win that game. yeah. I- I, I, I'll I'll go next. I think that you yeah. need to you definitely need to uh, get a turnover on defense. You have to make Russell Wilson turn the ball over. Um, this is the best defense that he's faced all year long. You have to show it. Go out there and show it. Put pressure on Russell Wilson to make plays to get mobile. His number one problem this season and come since coming to Denver has been his mobility. He's not as fast. He's not as quick. He's not as, yeah. as elusive as he was when he was in Seattle. Pressure him, pressure him, pressure him. You can create pressure yeah. with the front four, drop people back in coverage, make it confusing for him. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. But at the same time, you can make it confusing when he can't move out of the pocket quick enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get sacks. Um on him by just collapsing the pocket um, and making him trip over Lyman's feet and stuff like that. He's not the biggest guy on planet earth. Um, And so you have a great opportunity to lock down Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Um, Those wide receivers, Greg Dolchitz is on IR. So you don't have to worry about that big target on on, a tight end. Um, So I, I think you can create some havoc, but just you really need to get a turnover. You have to win the turnover battle on defense and you have to win it by a sizable margin. So if DTR throws an interception, yeah. the defense is going to have to create two more, interse- two more turnovers for every turnover we create, to be honest with you. That's just going to, that's just the reality of the situation. I think we're going to see uh, when the turnover batter, number one and number two, um, you need to play conservative. This football game, come out with a win because next week, my, you know, I don't, I hate to look at, look ahead, but you're playing LA, the LA Rams in LA at four at four o'clock, four twenty-five or whatever it is. Um, that game, I don't care what happens. It is an NFC game. If you're indoors, I would let it fly with DTR. I would let him throw the ball all over the freaking place. I don't care if you lose to an NFC opponent. I don't care if you take your L there because you're going to go back and play the Jags, right, uh, at home. So you want to get all those jitters out and everything. I Perfect conditions for indoor. Dory Thompson-Robinson's back at his college state in Cali. You know, I would let I would let it fly. I would let that ball fly. Give him some, you know, warm up that big arm of his. No more checkdowns. Just if he throws two or three interceptions, whatever. I don't care. Just get play conservative versus Denver. Beat them. 
then go crazy in LA because it doesn't matter if you yeah. lose to them or whatever. Yeah. You know, a win's a win. You want to win, but it's an NFC loss. I don't care. Yeah. How about you, Jake? Um, you, the, you guys cover the majority of it, really. Win the turnover battle. Pressure the quarterback. I was going to bring that up about pressuring the quarterback because at the very beginning of the season, one of the main reasons that the Broncos were struggling was because Russell Wilson was constantly pressured and didn't have any time to throw the ball. And the offensive line has improved. Believe it or not, this is going to be the second best offensive line we have played this year so far. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be wow. not a major deal, but somewhat of a big deal for this Cleveland defense. Garrett Bowles is playing well. Uh, I can't remember the center stand, but they do have a pretty solid center. Uh, so their offensive line's no joke. Um, also, um, You've already, you guys have already said win the turnover battle, which is obvious. Run the ball. We've talked about that. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't realize: we got to. How do I say this? Don't give up any big plays. I think that's what Denver's going to try to unleash on us: is a lot of big chunk plays, 30, 40 yards downfield, because they've got some fast receivers that can do jobs. I don't yeah. see them doing a lot of run-heavy stuff. I think they're going to push the ball. I think they're going to try and do a fast-paced offense, try to keep us on our heels. Uh, if we can stop that side of it, I think we'll win easy. Uh, but that's how I think their offense is going to have a lot of chunk plays, or at least they're going to try with a lot of chunk plays because that's what the Colts did against, uh, get, against us. That's what the Seahawks did against us. Um, and those were two of the games where our defense struggled the most was with the chunk plays. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Very true. But before we end this episode, let's give a little score prediction. I know this is Jake's favorite time of the episode. Um, (laughs) But um, Manny, what's a quick score prediction for this game on Sunday? I, I, I'm going with a lower scoring game. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these wins uh, versus De- for for the Denver Broncos uh, have been, <clears throat> sorry, on the lower scoring side. So, um, you know, I'm not looking at anything too too crazy. I mean, they put up 21 points, 24 points, 24 points, 19 points. I I, I think you're going to see a game around 25 to 17, 25 to oh. 25. I go 25 15. I go 25 15. Uh, Browns win this game. Um, I think the defense is going to slow down Russell Wilson and this offense. Um, uh, so you, I'm looking at 25-15. Odd score, but 25-15. Solid. What about you, Jake? Uh, I'm going to go 23-10. Um, I think the Broncos will manage to get one uh, score or one touchdown. Uh, it'll probably be because if they do, we will give them really good field position, and they'll just march straight down the field. Um but I think we'll score more than we did against Pitt, um, even though it's on the road. 23-10 sounds about right, so that's what I'm going to stick with. Solid, solid. I'm going to say 24-14. to 14. I think, yeah, I think 24-14. to 14. Uh, um, I'm not going to go with that score of you caught, Manny. I just think that uh, I think we get – I think we get three touchdowns. I think we get one yep. through the air, and I think we get two on the ground. I think Jerome gets one. I think uh, Hunt gets one. Yeah. And, so. and and the last piece of thing I want to throw out there is uh, 
when the when the mentality of the team with the mentality of the team changing, David mm-hmm. and Joku, like I I think he I think any ball thrown his way on Sunday. Oh, is bro, he's gonna go off because because you know what I mean. Like this this locker room's mindset is: Hey, we're a good football team. You do not want to be the person that's the weak link, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. David yeah. Njoku is one of those people who who's like, if we're good, we're you know what I mean. If if we're bad, I'm just gonna like whatever fade off into distance. But if we're good. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that we're that I'm not the reason why we do that again. So I believe full force that there's going to be a lot of kind of throws to him early and get his confidence up, and he's going to be he's going to be a big part of what we do. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Sure. Watch out for David Joker. I would for start sure. him in fantasy. Oh yeah, for sure. I've already got him locked in over Sam Laporta. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I got him starting over Laporta. But yeah, and I think that concludes our episode. And the best way to end it is with a go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.